The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC can be found online at overlandpark.cc. Welcome to OPCC. Welcome to those of you joining online. We're glad you're here this morning. Uh, hope that uh, you're doing well. Would ask that you pray for me. I, uh, you guys hear me all right? Yes. Well, I feel like you can't. <laughs> I was asking for prayer. For my beloved Sooners fell to your Jayhawks. <laughs> and nothing funny about that at all. We will press on and just by way of reminder, y'all haven't done that in like 40 years or something. <laughs> anyway, let me get on track here. Today we start our dive into the study of Abraham, the father of our faith. We left off last week um, where... Uh, the Tower of Babel and what man is, attempts to come together and leave God out. And we have the development of even further deeper into um, humanism than humanity had come before under Cain's leadership by the guy of this na- named um, Nimrod. And so God comes down and confuses the languages. We see all of the different um, people groups are sort of developed and uh, how how different languages happened and it caused people to scatter, which is what God wanted them to do uh, in the beginning. And so we, up to this point, have only really had a a little bit of a deep dive into one person's life, and that's Noah's. And so he gets us to a point where we continue to see, okay, this is what it looks like for all these different people. They keep stumbling and, and failing, and many of them rebelling from the things of God. And God is basically saying it's not going to work. And then we shift gears when we get to chapter 12, and God basically is telling the story of this is how it will work. And we begin to go through the journey of Abraham, and Abraham is the father, like the hero of our faith. And God is saying, this is how um, I will make you great. I will do all these things. And so it's shifting from a human's attempt to try to make a great name as opposed to God making someone's name great in his own power and the demonstration of his spirit. And so Abe is like the ultimate hero of our faith, and he will teach us a lot about faith as we dive into um, his story that that now we kind of get into where the narratives of these characters, man, they're getting a lot deeper. And, And the reason for that is God is teaching us more about what it looks like to follow him, what it looks like to surrender and yield to him on a consistent basis. And so he's going to, Abraham's life is going to teach us uh, a lot about how we are to follow the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have this famous and beautiful passage called the, uh, the roll call of faith or the heroes of the faith. And it talks about Moses and Abraham and Enoch and, and boy, just rolls through just character after character, just a really inspiring passage of scripture. But verse six, um, the author is, is uh, setting us up and he, he says to us as he talks about how all of our forefathers, including Abraham, um, were just like, like they were sold out for the Lord. He says this in verse six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so when you think in terms of how do I please God, you got to nail down right here what the writer of Hebrews is saying. You have to have faith. Without faith, you will never be able 
to please God. And so I would even say that like once you come into the kingdom where you think, oh yeah, well granted, you gotta, like, that's how we know God is we have faith in him. Well, we're supposed to continue to have faith. And Abraham will show us what, uh, what that looks like. Um, and, and so he says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, the Bible couldn't be more clear about the importance of faith in our life, about the importance of faith in your life. And so you can be in one of three places today. You came in here and every one of you without exception is in one of these three places. A place of unbelief and you're unaware of spiritual truth. You don't believe, you don't have faith, and you're even unaware that this gospel of Christ and what he taught even exists. Um, kind of hard to be in that place in America, but it is possible. You've never really come to a, an awareness that, uh, of what the gospel actually is. And maybe you just think it, it's like, I don't understand why people go to church. I wouldn't understand why people just went to church either unless there was some truth behind it. The second place you could be is you are an unbeliever, and you have a dawning or an awakening awareness of spiritual truth. You haven't crossed over into this place of faith yet, but you're, you're, starting, like, you're starting to become aware of, of what this means. And maybe the Lord is beginning to draw you and you haven't responded. You still are in a place of unbelief, um, but you, again, have some awareness. Maybe you've been here for five or six weeks and you're kind of like, man, I've, I've never been to church where I've, I've, I've understood some of the things that I'm, I'm gaining right now. That happens to people a lot, um, not just in our church, in a lot of churches. And that's because God is beginning to draw a person unto himself and they're becoming aware of spiritual truth. And the, the third place is you're, you're a believer. Like you have crossed over, you believe, you have faith in Jesus as the Savior of the world. You understand your need for a Savior. You've confessed your sin to him, and you've received forgiveness from him, and you've received him as your Lord and, and Savior, and you're trying to follow and trust him. So every one of you, without exception, is in one of those three places. Now, here's the problem, is that um, in, in the church, in the kingdom, we tend to view spiritual growth like a ladder. And so we look at people and, and people that have been following the Lord a while, we, we're kind of like, man, golly. Even Abraham's like, I mean, he, he's the father of faith. I, even this week in our discipleship group, I made a statement, and one of the people in the group has said, said um, and they're, they're kind of, they're on the journey, and they're just like, oh, I hear you say that, and I just kind of want to get, I just can't imagine being where you're at. Now, that's amazing. And it made me feel like, okay, it kind of helped me with this illustration, so thank you, person. Uh, it made me feel like you're looking at me like I'm way up here, man. I'm not way up there. Spiritual growth is not a ladder. It's more like a highway. It doesn't run like this. And so you don't look at people and go, they're up here and I'm down here. It's more we're on a level plane and we're traveling. Um, it's like a highway. And so we're all moving. And, and I like what Isaiah says. He makes a prophecy about the Messiah. Jesus quotes from it. When John the Baptist asks, um, he sends his followers to Jesus and says, man, find out if he is the Messiah. Just ask him. And so they go and ask Jesus and 
And Jesus says, he tells him to go back and tell John that the lame are walking, the, the blind are receiving sight. And, and, and basically he quotes from Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8, which is sort of a messianic promise of what will happen when God moves. And, and verse 8 says this, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. And it will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. And so when the Messiah comes, he would create a highway of holiness. And so as we're traveling down this road of faith, I want to encourage you this morning because I don't want you looking at other people and going, ha, ah. I want you to understand there is a highway. And if you are a believer, you have taken the on-ramp and you are on the highway. And that highway is starts on your spiritual birthday when you are born again. Jesus said that if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And so you come alive in Christ. That's your spiritual birthday. You just got on the highway and you travel that highway until your death day. And you're just on the highway of holiness. Now, here's the thing. Is that on the highway of holiness and I... Uh, is uh, there are there are there are different obstacles? There are different things going on. I asked the 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 team this week. I think it's a good question for us to ask this morning. What obstacle in your life right now is keeping you from exercising what you actually believe? Okay, so if you're on that highway of holiness and you're traveling and you're 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 there, what are what are the obstacles that are that's keeping you from actually exercising what you believe, not just saying, well, I believe. Well, yeah, man, I mean, we, we believe that's how we get on the highway, but let's, let's travel somewhere. Let's, let's go. And there are things that are happening around us. And, and, and I hope today is an encouraging message. I find it incredibly encouraging. Um, and so if you don't, I'll just preach it to myself again, because I like it. And that is, men, when you're traveling the highway, all kinds of things happen. Some people are going slow slower than others. And so you may catch a person who's been traveling on the highway of holiness for, for 10 years, and all of a sudden a young guy, man, gets, he comes to the knowledge of Christ, and he's fired up, and he gets on the highway of holiness, and in 10 months he might fly right by that guy. He's not any better than that guy, but he's experiencing something totally different than that guy, and why was he able to pass him? because he has pushed down the accelerator of faith and he is moving and growing at a faster rate. He's in the word. He's obeying the word. When he hears the Lord ask him to do something, he does it. And he's just learning. And man, he just... But all of us, no matter where we're at, you may be saying, well, yeah, that's me, man. Come on, man, I'm traveling. And all of a sudden, you're just fired up. And boom, 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 boom. And you've got a flat. And you pull over, and then people are passing you now. Doesn't mean they're better than you. Doesn't mean anything. They're just kind of moving, and you you got to flat, and you got to deal with it, and you got to um, you know put the spare on. Sometimes, man, you're traveling down the road, and you come through a construction zone, and it's nerve wracking because now it feels like your mirrors are about that far from a concrete wall, right? And if you're pulling a fifth wheel, which would be representative of your family, it's terrifying. <laughs> just all puckered up, man. 
so that's what life is like. And so I don't, I want you to recognize as we look at Abraham today, we're going to see a guy that we hold up and we go, man, he, he's the pillar of faith. But we're going to see um, some really interesting things about Abraham that I find incredibly encouraging. And, and so uh, if you are not careful as a believer, you can start to listen to things that are lies that come from the enemy and question your faith. And so some people will say, well, I, I'm just not a person of faith. Yes, you are. There's, not a, there's no such thing as a person who is a person that is not a faith. If, I, if we schedule an appointment tomorrow and I'm saying, well, let's meet at, uh, let's meet at Jose Peppers at noon, say, okay, you're going to have faith that I'm going to be there. Right? So you're trusting that I'm going to be there. If I don't show up, it kind of blows up your whole day. Well, that's just a real practical way to see how we take our faith and put it in action. If you're not listening to God and you're not listening to the word, you have faith in everything that the devil is saying. Because you're, you're exercising a doubt about something. And so what we want to do is we want to recognize, okay, man, I'm on this highway of holiness. It's important that I'm listening to God, that I'm listening to what he wants me to do. I understand the things that he's teaching me from the word because I don't want to listen to a voice um, that is not from him. And the more that we exercise our faith, the easier it is to recognize his voice. And so that you can start to go, well, how do I know the difference? The difference is the word of God. Well, how do I know what's in the word of God? Hello. <laughs> you got to get in there, man. You need to read the Word of God. Why do I need to read the Word of God? Because it's the Word of God. And how are you going to follow the God that you say you believe if you don't read what He said? And so all I'm doing on a Sunday morning is just expounding on something that God said. So you can take what God said and learn from it, and the Holy Spirit can teach you, and you can start to recognize, hey, man, I'm learning how to run down this highway of holiness without just getting a fist bump every Sunday from Pastor Jimmy. Like, you're not supposed to be following me. You're supposed to be following Jesus. And if you only hear from Jesus when I talk about Jesus, you're impeding traffic on the highway of holiness. Like, and you're in the left lane. You know, we're near, man. But be encouraged. The apostles felt the same way about some of this stuff. We talk about faith. In Matthew chapter 17, there's a guy, <laughs> um, Jesus has sent the apostles out to do these miraculous works. And there's a guy who has a demon-possessed kid that's causing him to do crazy stuff and bringing harm to him. And the disciples can't do anything with him. And the guy, you know what the guy does? What a lousy guy. I mean, you sit here, you try to help this guy. He goes and tells your boss you couldn't do it. That's what happens to the disciples. Hey, Jesus, your disciples, man, you sent them over to my place, and they couldn't do anything with my kid. Can you help me out? And so Jesus casts the demon out. And so immediately the disciples do what any of us would do. Jesus, why couldn't we do that? You know what Jesus said? If you had faith... The size of a mustard seed. Um, like, have, I don't know, I have never, I know they say the mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds. I, I think it's kind of like a clover seed. You ever seen a clover seed? A clover seed is tiny. Like, you can hold thousands of them in the palm of your hand. And I know this because I, 
plant food plots for deer, right? And you're like, man, that's, that's, that little bag right there, I'll plant like five acres? What's going on here? Um, and it's because they're so small. So Jesus, Jesus said, well, if you had just a little bitty, like one of those, that much faith, you could say to this mountain, be uprooted and cast into the sea and it would be done. Now, Jesus is not trying to get them to try to move a physical mountain. What he's saying is like the obstacles that are in your way are tied to how you believe and exercise your belief. So in Luke chapter 17, they come to him and they say, Jesus, would you increase our faith? And you know what he says? If you guys had just an itty bitty tiny bit of faith like a mustard seed, you could say to this big mulberry tree, be uprooted and cast into the uh, aside, and it would be done. And so Jesus is tying faith to our ability to move obstacles in our lives. And so mustard seed faith is essential. So today, what I want to try to do as we look at this is I'm hoping that I can help you guys and myself and us as a body believers, if we could just believe Jesus for just a little bitty bit, I think we would see amazing differences happening in our lives. Amen. And so we look at Abe and he, he is the epitome of faith. And what's fascinating is we like have put him up here, but he really just has mustard seed faith. He just has a little bit of faith. He screws up all the time, but he keeps believing. And we're going to see in this first passage, as we explore his life, as he starts his journey, we're going to see this in his life. And I'm encouraged by it because a lot of times in the church, we, we, we kind of get this mentality that we got to be perfect. And as soon as we blow it, man, we're done. And that is just not what the, the stories of the Bible are like, none of them. The only time we see that in the Bible with a character who's talked about is Jesus. And, and I think there, uh, when we start to think that we, we function that way, we're not, we really don't need Jesus. And guess what? Jesus won't be there. And we'll be driving recklessly on a road that is not paved by him. It has been paved by someone else. And so we start with um, Abraham's journey in verses, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Let's just unpack this, and I'm going to give you some takeaways. And uh, hopefully it's encouraging to you. The Lord had said, Notice, I don't know what translation you're following, but the NIV says, had said, meaning God has already said something. That's what the NIV says. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now, Abram lived to be 150, so he was middle-aged, okay? And he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out 
and continued toward the Negev. And so we're going to pause right there and just unpack um, some lessons from Abraham's life, and then we'll dig into them a little deeper uh, next week. But as it, this is an example of mustard seed faith. And why do I say that? Because Abraham started, and then he stopped. He, he started, then he stopped, and he got comfortable. And you say, well, what do you mean? It says that he went. Well, we know that he started and he stopped because one of the most anointed sermons that has ever been preached is found in Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7, there's a guy by the name of Stephen. He is described as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. He's the first person who is ever executed for believing in Jesus and preaching the gospel. And so there in Acts chapter 7, he's preaching. It's that famous passage where they're, they're telling him like that he's offending them by what he's saying, and they're trying to get him to stop. And he, had, he starts with Abraham, and he basically names a different location than he, he names and says like when Abraham was back in Mesopotamia. And he starts to like d d define this. And then again, you know, we know he's under the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit. One, because his story's in the word. And two, because man, he just, he, he's like, he's in so connected to the vine that when they start rushing in to kill him, he says, I see Jesus standing in heaven. And they kill him right there on the spot. And, and so in that sermon, we know that um, from, from what Stephen teaches us, that Abraham got a word from the Lord to leave his family. He was supposed to leave, and he was supposed to go to Canaan. But he stops. Not only does he stop, he takes his dad with him, and God had clearly told him to leave your family. He also takes Lot with him, and Lot becomes a bit of a problem. And I think what God was saying to him in the beginning, is supposed to be you and Sarai, I'm calling you out of here. Come on, Abram, I want you to go. And so he does go, but he doesn't do it exactly like God says. And what happens is he stops short, and he stays there until his dad dies. And God comes to him again and, and begins to reaffirm the promises to him. And so what is the takeaway? The takeaway is, is if you've stopped, it's time to get going. Some of you are stalled right now. You've just stopped. You got on the highway, man, and you were traveling at a good rate of speed, and you were feeling really good, and all of a sudden, you just kind of pulled over at a rest stop, and you got out to, like, stretch your legs. You've been on the road a while, and you just wandered off and never got back in the car. You still aren't on the highway. You're just not going anywhere. And why aren't you going anywhere? Because you're not listening to what God has already asked you to do. And so you've stopped in that place. And God comes to us and he says, look, hey, come on, man. Let's, let's get moving again. Let's, let's keep you going down this road on the highway of holiness. I've got a lot of things to show you down the road. Now, what I want you to hear is that you're not a failure if you hit high center. And so it's the spiritual growth thing is not something you jump on the ladder and you and get to the top. It's not like that. It's not like that at all. I've been, I've been following the Lord for 30 years, and I am further down the road than many of you are, but I'm on the same highway. And I've had times where I've had detours. I've got in construction zones. I've had flat tires. I've caused accidents even, right? And I didn't mean to. <laughs> But it happened, and God is still using me, and he's using me enough to where some of you, you trust enough to come and listen to me, right? 
And so that, that's encouraging, I hope, to you to know that, hey, maybe, maybe you're in a place, you're hit high sinner. It doesn't mean you're a failure. The Lord knows you, and he wants to help you. And what do you need to do? Just have a little bitty bit of faith, just the size of a mustard seed, and believe the Lord will use you. Just believe it and listen and go, oh, I have stopped. Why have I stopped? And listen to the Lord. Believe that he will speak to you again just a little bitty bit. And you can say to this mountain, out of the way. You get back in your spiritual vehicle and start moving down the road again and see the scenery that God wants you to see. And so the second um, point I want to bring out after this one is that, again, just seeing just a little bit of belief. That's all you got to do. Just believe. Believe that God will show you the way is I want to point out the seven I wills of God in this passage. It's fascinating. And this becomes really important by the time we get to the end. It starts at the very last of verse 1. He says, um, I will, he says, he tells him to leave. He says, go from your country and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will show you this, okay? I will make you into what? A great nation. No kids, just him and his wife. I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing to other people. I will do that, Abe. And I will bless those who bless you. Anybody that blesses you, I will bless. And anybody who curses you, I will curse. So not only will I bless you, I will protect you. And I will bless, uh, he says, and then all the peoples, all the nations, some translations say, all the nations on earth will be a blessing through you. Meaning all of the people groups that got created and couldn't speak the right language in the Tower of Babel episode, they can all be blessed by understanding the highway of holiness that I'm going to create through somebody who comes through your line, which is Jesus, okay? So he's going to fix and reverse the curse of Babel. Um, and anybody who wants to get on that highway and come through Jesus, which he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, then I will use you to do that. And so the Lord, um, what we learn from this is what the, because remember, who is Abraham? He is a pagan like every other pagan on the planet at that time. He was not, oh, look at Abraham. Nope, pagan. And God says, you. Me? Yep, you. Are you talking? Yep, you. A little bit of faith. I think he's talking to me. And then he kind of blows it, and God comes back to him and says, hey, remember that conversation? I guess I wasn't crazy. You were talking to me. And, 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 then, and so now he's reaffirming the promises. Now, so this is what, here's the, here's the second takeaway. Faith is rooted in God's promises, not our performance. Your faith is not rooted in how good you're doing. Your faith is rooted in how good God is. If your faith is rooted in how good you are doing, we are in a mess. Like if, if our faith is rooted in how good I do as a pastor, ah, I don't want that pressure. That is not the way God has designed it. It's rooted in his promise. All of his promises, the Lord will do what he says. He just asks us to what? Have a little bitty, tiny bit of belief that he will do what he said he would do. That's what he asks of us. Believe him. 
Believe what he says. Identify the obstacle and ask the Lord to help you get moving and then believe that he will. You say, well, how do I fix this? I just don't know what to do. I'm gonna do this. Believe. Repent and believe. Call upon the name of the Lord. All things are possible for those who are in Christ. You have become a new creation. You've transformed. You're not, the old man is dead. Quit thinking like him. Believe. Just a little bit. If you just believe a little bit, he says. And it's rooted in his promise, not how well you did. So far as you've entered the highway. If we just believe a little bit, the Lord will work in it. That's what we see in Abraham. As a matter of fact, God worked in Abraham so well that we are here today talking about him. And the only reason we're here today is because the promise that he made to Abraham that he would make him the father of many nations were part of that nation because Jesus came through the line of Abraham. And so the whole, like we, we look around and say, well, Abraham screwed a lot of stuff up, but just look at the people next to you. And God is faithful to what? Himself in spite of us. And so I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged because I find relief in that. I go, man, who is telling me that God is a hard taskmaster? The devil's in hell. He says, come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And the devil, the faith that we have is, is listening to the devil. Come to me, all who are weak and heavy and want to have fun, and I will give you life. No, you won't. You'll steal it, you thief. But we believe that, you know, and we believe that. And, and we don't, sometimes we don't even have mustard seed faith in that, man. We, we have giant, like, uh, just, I don't know, I need a big seed right now. I don't have one. <laughs> Pumpkin seed faith, right? We just jump in and believe a lie. And the Lord says, oh, you just, hey, just believe just a little bit. I can do amazing things in your life. And so um, Abe believed, and he got going again, and he didn't know where he was going, but he was going. <laughs> I love this. He's just moving. And this is a key concept in following the Lord. You need to get comfortable not knowing how or where. Some of you are waiting on the how and the where and the how. You're like, I need you to explain that. Nope. I need you to go, Abraham. And when you go and you're moving, I will show you the land. And sometimes, uh, like, we get stopped on the road and we don't know how to get moving again because we want to know where the destination is. And the Lord said, just drive. Just drive. You're not going to miss it. It's kind of like, it's just going to be a spiritual GPS, and I'm going to say, stop right here. You say, well, how do I hear the word of the Lord? You got to get in the word of the Lord and believe it just a little bit. I can't do that because you don't believe it just a little bit. If you just believe just a little bit, Jesus just said a little bit, I can do so much with it. I'm inspired and I'm encouraged as I think about that. It's a key uh, in, in, in following Jesus is just being uncomfortable not knowing. And I, I'm comforted by that reality that I don't need to have all the answers. And I know a lot of this because I've been on this road a long time and I used to think that I had to have all the answers, especially to the people who were following me. And they used to try to answer to everybody, what, what are we going to do, Pastor? Where are we going? Well, we're going to do this, this, and this. We're going to buy this land over here, and we're going to do that over there. We're going to build a building, and we're going to hire this. And now I just say, I have no idea. What are we going to do? Do we have a little bit of faith together? If we do, he'll show us. What we're not going to do is stop. 
That's what we're not going to do. We're just going to keep moving. And if we keep moving as we're moving, the Lord will show us everything that we need to know and what we need to uh, be able to do to achieve what he wants, not what we want. You see, there's too much me want instead of he want. And even in churches, it's like, what do we want to do? Well, I'll tell you what we want to do. We want to do exactly what Jesus wants us to do. Well, how do we do? How do we know that? Well, one is we don't define it and decide it until we know and he will lead us. And it's so fun, man. Like, it's like, what are we going to do? I don't know. This service is getting full. What do we do? We'll add another one. What do we do after that? I don't know. We're going to build? I don't know. I do know what we would do if one of you would buy that land and donate it over there. <laughs> i tell you exactly what we would do. All right? And so I don't know. Like, I'm just, but, but man, how refreshing. I'm just driving, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of the Alan Jackson song, man, Daddy Let Me Drive. Like, he just, this is fun. Like, I don't, have to, I don't have to figure all this out, man. I'm just driving. The Lord is letting me drive this thing, and he will show me exactly where he wants me to go, and I need to be comfortable not knowing how or when, but we're just like the kids in the car. When are we going to get there, Dad? When are we going to get Just, Just be quiet, man, and enjoy the drive. And so we... When we get going, we let the Lord fill in the blanks. That's what we're doing. When we get going, we're like, okay, I'm going to drive. Just a little bit of faith. I'm gonna... If we let the Lord fill in the blanks, here's the result. As we go, we grow. As we go, we grow. Abe is traveling, and he's like, okay, all right, I didn't leave the last time. I've gone going now. Dad's gone. I'm just going to move. I'm, I'm traveling. And you look at verse 6, what happens? The Lord appears to him as he's going. See, we would hear the Lord say, hey, I want you to do something. And then we don't do it. And we say, well, I'm waiting on the Lord to like, tell me what's next. Because he told me, I know he wants me to do something. He's like, I want you to get moving. And then I'm going to come and show you something else. And it may be a while before I show you the next thing and, and that you have so much clarity around that. But it, at least right now, do what I'm asking you to do. I mean, start, start serving, start giving, start, get baptized. Uh, give your, some of you are in this awake, uh, awakening phase and awareness to spiritual truth. He's saying, I want your life, man. I want, I want to be the one who's controlling the navigation of your life. And so I need you to give me the keys right now. And, and so some of you are right there, and he's like, well, what's next? Don't worry about what's next. Just have a little bit of faith. But you, I don't know how my wife will respond to that. Who cares about how your wife will respond to you responding to the creator of the universe? Who cares? I don't know what my kids will think. I don't know what my parents will think. This is why Jesus said you have to leave your mother, your father, your brother, and your sister. You have to hate them and love me more than you of anything else. Is he saying hate them? No, he's saying that you have to elevate me above everything and just have a little bit of faith around that. Just a little bit. I don't know what people will think. What will my friends think, man, if I get serious about serving Christ? Who cares? Your friends are going to die just like you are, and most of them are probably not on the highway of holiness. And if they're not, you shouldn't be listening to anything that they're saying. And if they're driving down the road with all four tires flat and sparks coming off, you shouldn't be listening to them either. Like, stop at the rest stop and find the people who've been traveling a while, and you know that they've gotten down the road, man, and listen to them. 
And they will tell you the same things that I'm telling you. It's like, man, we do have times where we, like, like we have sidesteps, but we just keep moving and the Lord will lead us. We keep trusting. We keep believing. We get comfortable not knowing where we're going. And all of a sudden, as we're going, we're starting to grow. The Lord appeared to him in verse 7. What did he say? This is the land. What land? The land they're in a war over right now. <laughs> that land. He said, this is it. This is yours, Abraham. The Lord revealed more of the vision to Abe as he was going. And it's breathtaking when the Lord does this for us, and I believe he delights in it. And he delights in when, when, when he's able to say something and we hear it. And this is why Jesus all the time said, "Give." I pray that you'd have eyes to see and ears to hear. What? What he's saying, the truth, and have just a little bitty tiny faith, bit of faith around it and believe it, and then he will reveal something next to us. And now we're on this journey, and the things of the world don't have our attention because we have been captivated by the creator himself. And now he's making our name great. And we don't have to worry about making our name great because our name is great in his eyes and he's going to protect us and he will bless those who bless us and curse those who curse us. You see, I don't feel like God does that for me. That's because you are blessing people who bless you and cursing people who curse you. You're not letting him do it. You gotta let him do it. Well, this is a dog eat dog world. Yeah, if you wanna be a dog, it's not what it is, man. I, I, I walk by faith and not by sight. I trust that the Lord will lead me through this thing and protect me as I go. So what does he do when he hears the Lord whisper and prompts him? Immediately to worship. He builds an altar. He builds an altar. He, then he pitches his tent at Bethel and he builds another altar. The word Bethel means house of God. What is Abraham learning now? He's learning that as I go, God is with me. God just keeps going with me. And so now he's built an altar at house of God and we leave off where he's continuing to go. And so what's the big idea, man? Keep on trucking. Just keep on trucking. Like don't stop. Like when you recognize that you stop, get going again. Have a little bit of faith and just keep on driving, man. You get over a little bit too far and hit one of them concrete barriers, just correct and keep on trucking. Don't beat yourself up. Don't get in this place where you are walking in a place of condemnation. You may stop and fill up here, but you got to keep moving and taking ground for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can picture Abe, I can picture him there, man. And, and we know all of this about him. But in reality, God is so faithful that we could go back to the promises. And we'll see this week that, that a famine, like ne next week we'll see a famine hits uh, Abraham, and, 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 and he ends up going down to Egypt. Well, God, God didn't tell him to go down to Egypt. He ends up, when he gets into Egypt, he's lying about his, uh, his wife. He's like, boy, he's making a mess of things. And <laughs> later, he, he tries to take things into his own hands and create descendants because his wife hasn't gotten pregnant. We'll be looking at some of that. My, my point is, like, he, he makes a mess over and over and over. And so if we back up to where God gives him the I will promises, it's almost like you could say if, if he could stand there and, he, and have a conversation with God when he said that, and he said, I will make your name great. And he says, even though I don't trust you and go down to Egypt and lie about my wife, I'm going to make your name great and I'm going to bless you. Even though I'm going to try to take things over, in my, into my own hands later and, and, and try to make my own descendants, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. When are you going to do that, Lord? Like, I get, I'm amazed that the Lord lets me do what I do. 
Why are you going to do that for me, Lord? Why are you going to bless me? Because, Jimmy, your life is about me, not you. And I bless you because of me, not because of you. I want the world to see me. And it has nothing to do with you. All I'm asking you to do is just to believe that I want to do that, and I'll do it. And I know, Jimmy, you're going to mess up, but men, just keep holding on. Just keep believing. Just keep on trucking, Jimmy. You keep on trucking, and I'll keep on moving. I didn't ask you to be perfect. If you could be perfect, I wouldn't have came through the line of Abraham and died in your stead. You aren't perfect. I am. Believe that, Jimmy. <laughs> Lord, that's overwhelming. Like, I feel like I need to do something. You can't. Do you believe that, Jimmy? Do you believe you can't do anything to please me except believe that? I do, Lord, and it seems so easy. And that's what I mean, Jimmy, by come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you soul rest. This is amazing. No, Jimmy, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. I want you to be encouraged today. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Keep on trucking. Keep on trucking, man. Just keep on trucking. Think about that. Just, just burn that into your mind this week. Whatever obstacle comes in, just like just pause for a moment and keep on trucking. We're going to just have a little bit of a time and decision. And I have something special planned for you that I want to encourage you with. But if you need to pray, man, you need to come up here and just like nail something down. There are people here to pray with you. And so let's just have a brief time of worship and give you an opportunity, even right there in your, your chair, man, just have a moment with the Lord about mustard seed faith. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at overlandpark.cc.